Well, church, these are exciting, uh, and, and these are exciting days. I'm super thrilled, pumped about what God is doing. He clearly is at work at TCC, and I'm so grateful uh, to be a part of it and to be part of your lives as we journey together into what God has called us to be a part of. This morning, we are going to start a new series of messages based on the book of Acts. We've entitled this series just simply Startup, The Church Set in Motion. And and I, I could probably say too much about why we landed on this name, but there's this recognition that during COVID we came to use some common terms like restart and relaunch and revision and all of these sort of re-something. And and when we thought about it, it's like, no, like there's God's doing something exciting and it's a continuation in a sense of what he's doing. But yes, we're starting up some things that are new and a little bit different, but we want to recognize that the church is, has been and continues to be in motion. This morning, what I want to do is really just, uh, th- this is like an introduction to the introduction, okay? This is like the 35,000 foot flyover. And just uh, what I want to do is just share with you kind of the why uh, behind this series. Why did we land on the book of Acts? Why Acts and why now? Uh, next week, Pastor Adam will take us and we'll dive in a little bit, bit, bit deeper. But what I want to say to you uh, a little bit up front is why I think uh, it matters that we study the book of Acts. And and I think it is because it speaks to our purpose and our calling as a church, but also as individual followers of Jesus. We're invited to be part of something that is much bigger than ourselves and more important than any other thing that we can give our lives to, that we might even give ourselves to. And so I want to just pose a couple of questions up front for you to be thinking about and just kind of settle there a little bit. And the one question is just simply this, is do you believe that God has called you to be on mission? Do you believe that God has called you to be a messenger, a representative of Jesus in this world, to be on mission in the context of the church and do you believe, secondly, secondly, that what he calls you to, he actually equips and empowers you then to do as well? I'm just going to leave those two questions for you to kind of tuck away, be thinking about those things, and I'll come back to them again at the end. So why the book of Acts and why now? If you've been at TCC for any length of time, well, you'll know that we, we follow a fairly specific rhythm in our preaching. And so if you're new, you might appreciate knowing this, a little insider uh, information here. But overall, it's because our desire is to be very intentional. Um, When we think about uh, what to preach about, we want to be organized, we want to be methodical, there's kind of a method to our madness, we don't want to just be haphazard, we don't want to just kind of flip open the Bible and point your finger and say, okay, well, this is it. We want to ask God, what is it that you want to say to our church? And we do that throughout different seasons in the year. And so when we come to the fall or in September, when school is kind of starting, um, people are re-engaging in things. Some of our programs have maybe kind of slowed down in the summer. And in the fall, they're kind of relaunching and, uh, and starting to take place again. And so we usually take two or three weeks in September just to kind of reorient and remind ourselves of the mission that we have been called to. And then uh, in late September, early October, we launch into our main series or even our emphasis uh, for the rest of the year. And this year, we have oriented ourselves around the word with. 
Just this simple but powerful word and a reminder that even as the seasons change, even in the midst of a pandemic, God remains faithful and true and he is with us. Just think about that again. Just let that truth settle on your hearts this morning. God is with us. Well, that led us to then spending some time exploring the the letter to the Colossians which then led to Advent, which is the four weeks uh, before Sunday, which just prepares us for, for Christmas. And then in January, typically we go back to the series that we started in the fall, which we did this year. And then when we came upon the season of Lent, we spent some time preparing our hearts for Good Friday and Easter, and we did a series on the seven deadly sins. Now, usually after Easter, we do just kind of a, a shorter spring series before launching a series uh, for the summer. Now this year, um, we're going to do that a little bit differently because we're going to launch this series today and it's going to take us through the summer, uh, right into early September. It's about 18 weeks. Now I don't expect that we're actually even going to cover every chapter because if you do the math, there's 28 chapters in, in the book of Acts and we only have 18 weeks. If we were to go in depth, um, probably a week per chapter wouldn't even be enough and it would probably take us 40 weeks or the better part of a year. And so we're going to start by, by going in depth, really, in the, in the early chapters of, uh, of Acts, and then we'll move a little quick, more quickly through the second half of the book. Now, my point in just sharing this with you is just to give you in some insight into what goes into this. On a very practical level, it's prayerful. It's intentional. I typically um, spend time just thinking and praying and reading, um, and, and then I bring some ideas to the staff team, and together we, we pray, we discern together, and we just wait, because part of discerning is waiting. You can act sometimes really impulsively um, and miss what God is really leading us to. And what happens as we wait, God does this wonderful thing. Now, it might start out with two or three or even more ideas or options, and then over time, which is typically two or three months out, we start to settle out and we get a little more excited about one specific study. And I have shared in the past that when I became lead pastor here at TCC, my sense was that God had called me simply to make much of Jesus, that that would be our focus. And so over the last three years, we've studied the Gospel of Mark, which was about the life of Jesus. We've studied the Sermon on the Mount, which was the teaching of Jesus. Last fall, we did the series in Colossians, which is about um, the importance of Jesus, or what theologians call the preeminence or the supremacy of Jesus, that as believers or as followers of Jesus, Jesus, our lives should be oriented around practice that help, practices that help us be with Jesus and with others. And so when we come to this book of Acts, it just kind of follows along because it's about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. That Acts is ultimately that about Jesus being with us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is perfect timing for us to study Acts. You see, I think these are, as I said earlier, I think these are some exciting things happening in the life and ministry of the TCC with both Tim and Steve uh, starting tomorrow. I believe that as a church, we've demonstrated that, that we want to be passionate about showing compassion and being involved in justice ministries. We're responding to the Ukrainian refugee crisis. And a kind of a weird thing, too, is, is just kind of everything that we've been dealing with through covid now, you know that we haven't 
talk much about COVID because we know that it can be really controversial and, and really that shouldn't be our focus. Our focus always is Jesus, about God's work and his spirit in our lives. Um, but as you probably are aware, things are kind of shifting in our world and in our culture. And, and it's been you know, no doubt a challenging and hard season. I know Pastor Adam went to gather with a group of pastors this last Wednesday. I wasn't there. And I asked him, you know, kind of what was the topic about? And he goes, it was just COVID. And and it was because all of these pastors are coming through what's been a really challenging time in the church and some more so than others. But at TCC, I honestly want to say this. It's been also a good season. God's done some really remarkable things in our, in, our, in our midst. And so I see this as really an exciting season that, that what has happened during COVID, we're kind of now shifting out of that, but we want to build on that. We're seeing more people that are kind of re-engaging. There, there, there's a lot of new people at TCC. I don't know if you've noticed that. If you've been at TCC longer than, than two or three years, if you go pre-COVID, the number one comment I hear from people coming back who haven't been here for a while, they look around and they're just like, who are all these people? And, and I don't know if you've had that feeling before, um, but you know what? That means that we have work to do. That means that, that, that we all have to step a little bit out of our comfort zones and say, hey, I need to get to know some of these people that I don't recognize. I need to be able to say hi. And we're hoping that in due time, you guys know, like, I think everybody's kind of like, when are we starting brunch? When are we starting brunch? Because the brunch for us serve this incredible purpose of creating space to connect and to, to have people to experience some community. And you could come and you could meet somebody different every week and share a meal together. And we're hoping that we can start that sooner rather than, than later. But there's some logistical things that have to take place, um, not the least of which is having more people volunteer to be a part of, of doing um, and preparing uh, this brunch. So lots of exciting things that are, that are happening. And if you put all of that together, I think that you'll agree that it's really a great time for us to revisit the mission of the church. What does it mean for us to be the church? See, uh, during COVID, I think a lot of people questioned that. What does it mean? What does it look like? If I can just sit at home and, and watch a live stream and, 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 and pray, um, maybe connect with some people digitally, whether it's through Zoom, <clears throat> if I can send my, my financial uh, gifts and offerings via um, digital means, like what, what does it then mean to be the church? How do we function kind of in this, in this new era? Now, if you've been at TCC for a long time, I hope that as we study the book of Acts, you're going to be reminded and refreshed and re-energized about who we are as a church and that you will be willing to renew your commitment to being fully engaged, fully invested, uh, all in, you know, and just saying, that's, this is TCC, this is my family, this is my church, and I'm all in. And if you're new to TCC, I hope that what, what you will experience over the next weeks and months is that you'll discover who we are as a church and that you'll be able to say with excitement, if this is who TCC is, then I want to be a part of that as well. And I think the greatest benefit for all of us as we study the book of Acts really will be for us to just kind of get on that proverbial same page together. 
as new people connect to who we are as a family, as we all come back together, as we set out in a same direction, unified, passionate, committed to the same vision and mission. So that takes me to Acts. I love how Luke begins the book of Acts by just reminding us about a simple um, truth. And he says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Okay? And the heavy emphasis there about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And that's where I got the title for my message from this morning. It's just what Jesus began, he continues to do. Let me explain that. You see, the author of the book of Acts is widely understood to be Luke. And when he says here in this first verse, in my former book, he is referring to the gospel that bears his name, the gospel of Luke. And Acts is like a sequel to the gospel. And so some actually just call this like a two-volume set, Luke-Acts. Traditionally, it's been called the Acts of the Apostles. And maybe if you have your Bible, that's actually the title that it's given. And what's interesting about that title is that it, in fact, is a little bit misleading because the 12 apostles play, in fact, a relatively minor role in the book of Acts. The heavy emphasis in the early chapters is is on Peter, and then it shifts in chapter 9 and following to Paul. And in between there, there's references to to Stephen and to um, Barnabas and and a few others. But the primary characters in this book really are Peter and Paul. And so some have suggested other titles that are perhaps more fitting. The Acts of the Holy Spirit is probably more appropriate, or the continuing Acts of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what, what, what Luke is saying in this very first verse is that what he, Jesus began to do, and that was what, what the Gospel of Luke was all about, he's implying that in Acts, it's continuing the work that Jesus did. And Acts tells the amazing story of this church set in motion, this movement known as the church. Luke, we know, was a physician, a doctor. He, he was a companion of the Apostle Paul, and as it turns out, an excellent historian. He paid attention to detail, and the result ultimately is this beautiful, inspired, well-researched historical account of the life of Jesus and the start of the church. If you have your Bibles, you can turn back to Luke's gospel. Let me just read, well, they're going to be on the screen here, so you'll probably just default to this, but Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, where Luke writes this. He says, many have undertaken to draw an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those from, for, who from the first were eyewitnesses and the servants of the Lord. So let me just stop here. Luke was not an eyewitness of Jesus. But as you're going to see, what Luke did is he went and he gathered, he interviewed people. He got people who had firsthand knowledge. And he said, tell me what happened. Tell me about the feeding of the 5,000. Tell me about the time that Jesus walked on the water. And he gathered all of this information. And so that's why he says then ultimately in verse 3, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated 
everything from the beginning. So he had all of this information, all of these notes probably from all of his interviews. He says, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. And so he says right up here in the introduction to Luke's gospel that he wrote it so that we would know and be certain about who Jesus is. That's what, when you read the Gospels, that is the intent, that you would know with absolute certainty the things that you have been taught and the things about who Jesus is. And so another reason I think that the timing is great for us to study Acts is because it actually emphasizes the resur- that the resurrection of Jesus is indisputable. And it follows right after Easter. So we just went through uh, remembering the, the death and the sacrifice and the burial of Jesus. And then on Easter Sunday, reminding ourselves of the resurrection of Jesus. And that's why he says in verse 3, this is back to, to Acts chapter 1, if you're following along. He says in verse 3, after his suffering, again, that is his, his death and burial, he presented himself to them. So this is now after his resurrection, because he suffered and died. He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And so if you're still questioning the reliability of, of, of the resurrection, here Luke writes to that again. He says, he provided many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. It wasn't just like show up and then disappear and everybody's like, well, is he really alive? No, he, he was among them for 40 days. And during that time, he continued to speak about the kingdom of God in such a way that it was consistent with what he said about the kingdom of God before his death and resurrection. The resurrection, of course, was the focus of this year's Easter message, as it is every Easter. But the fact that Jesus appeared to his followers after his death and burial is, in fact, hard proof of his resurrection. And throughout Acts, Luke makes a point of this fact over and over again. Now, again, considering Luke's gospel, the last chapter, chapter 24, he includes there the account of the resurrection and, and, and the, the disciples and the, and, the, and, and the Marys going and finding the tomb empty. Um, and then uh, Luke also records the section, you can read this for yourself, uh, of his appearance to two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus, and then ultimately his appearance to the disciples. And then what Luke writes from verse 44 on is very similar then to how he begins Acts. And so this is where the two volumes kind of connect. He, he, he wraps up Acts in the same way that he ultimately then starts, uh, sorry, he wraps up Luke in the way that he then starts Acts. And let me just highlight one verse and compare it to what we then find in Acts chapter 1. So Luke 24 verse 49, we read Jesus saying to his disciples, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. Okay? So he's making a promise. I'm promising that I'm going to send to you what the Father has promised, but stay in the city, that is the city of Jerusalem, until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then in Acts, he picks it up and he says this, on one occasion, this is the occasion that he's talking about, he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, or as he said in Acts, stay in the city. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. 
But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The gift that was promised, the gift that Luke is writing about is the Holy Spirit. So let me just summarize two points. The reason that we're ultimately studying Acts is to remind ourselves that God was and continues to be at work. He was then, he still is today. So what Jesus began, he continues to do. Church is ultimately about the work of God in our lives and in our world. And he invites us not to be an independent, uh, you know, lone ranger, but to be part of of a body where we can be committed, where we can be involved, where we can be part of this family. That's the invitation that we're going to hear repeatedly. Will you be part of this church family, this local expression of the church that we refer to as Twilliger Community Church? So God is still at work. And secondly, God empowers his followers to do the work through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit. I don't know if if you've discovered this yet, but you will if you haven't, is that the Christian life, apart from the Spirit of God enabling us and empowering us, is impossible. If you try to live the Christian life just on your own strength, you think, you know, I'm going to be grow, wake up this morning, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be more patient or kind or joyful, whatever it is. If you think that you can just do this with willpower, go back to Pastor Adam's message a couple of weeks ago and realize, no, we depend on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just a word, you know, to even moms, It is a relentless hard task to be a mom at every phase, right? Whether it's when they're young and you're losing sleep or when they're old and coming home late and you're losing sleep. Everything in between, right? It's hard. Don't do it on your own strength. Ask God to empower you to be the mom that he's calling you to be. Don't try to be another mom. Don't try to be your mom. Just be you. Be who God has called you to be and trust Him to empower you to do that. You know, when I think of the work that God began and continues to do, as I was thinking of this this kind of journey that we're on, I, I had to think about the history of TCC. And I have to be really careful here because I love talking about the history of TCC. Because it's really a story of God's work and what he's done. And I got lots of notes here that I need to just kind of ignore and just say a few highlights. If you don't know this, you need to know this. That in the fall of 2002, so just under 20 years ago, so we're getting close to our 20th anniversary, a group of 11 people seven of them of whom are still a part of our church, got together and started to pray and ask God and seek God for direction about a church. And he led them to this area of southwest Edmonton to, to plant a new church. And in, on, I think it was Palm Sunday of 2003, they had their first public uh, gathering 
During this, that next summer, there was about 25 people in attendance, and in the fall, it kind of jumped up to about 75. And, um, and, and then the church, the church was actually meeting at 4.30 in the afternoon in Twilliger Town at Holy Trinity, Christ, or, uh, Holy T- Trinity Chinese Alliance Church. Uh, it's the one that you see the big illuminated cross sometimes on the, on the far side of, of, the, of the community. And um, in 2009, we, we outgrew that space. We moved down the road, down 23rd Avenue to um, Taylor University, uh, and, University and College. And um, later that fall, we purchased this piece of land that this church now sits on. In two, back to 2004, there was a time where this group of people that had been gathering, they had been meeting at church, they came and gathered on this piece of land when it was just dirt and most of the houses and townhouses around here didn't even exist and they prayed that God would, would, would provide the opportunity to buy this land and to, to build a church to be in the heart of this community. Only God. Because since that time, we raised and uh, money to start the project. We've paid off the building. It's worth over six and a half million dollars in today's dollars. I mean, God has been absolutely, incredibly at work in the life of our church. 2017, we added in the same year, two in the same month in June, both Marnie and, and Adam joined our staff in the fall. Uh, Quinn joined our staff. And here five years later, we again are adding two more staff. And I could say a lot more, but what I want us to see is that God has been at work at TCC. He began a work, and he continues to be at work. And he's inviting us to be a part of that work. And that's why we can say that our vision and mission uh, at TCC remain the same. And one of the things we're going to discover as we go through the book of Acts is that we're going to see that, hey, some of these themes sound familiar. Some of these, these, these um, you know, it, sound, it reminds me a little bit about who we are as a church. And so when we talk about the vision of TCC, we say that our vision is simply to see everyone passionately walking with Jesus and joyfully serving others. Joyfully serving others is really a response to walking with Jesus. You can't have one without the other. You can't just say, you know, I'm passionately walking with Jesus, but I really don't care about others. That would be uh, kind of incongruent. Nor can you say, I really just care about people, but, but I really don't want anything to do with Jesus. And so these two things come together. And we see this dynamic of passion and devotion and joy at work throughout Acts. And you can read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 to see that. And just to, just to remember that if you think about the history of the church, and we go back to Jesus, and we talked about this uh, on Easter Sunday a little bit as well, but after Jesus' death and resurrection, sorry, the death and burial, his followers scattered and they hid. They ran for their lives. They were afraid. But after the resurrection, after Jesus appeared to them, they now were like, whoa, this is legit. He is real. And they were bold and passionate because they knew with certainty that Jesus was alive. But more than that, they were then empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're going to see how God empowers His people through the Holy Spirit. And so just remember how Luke's gospel ends and how, how Acts begins. 
Jesus said to them, wait, wait. And you're going to receive the gift that the Holy Spirit promised. The gift promised by the Father. And the central theme of Acts, the central verse is found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you, insert your own name, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you, insert your name, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Just a couple of things to note. Um, we'll spend some more time in these verses in the coming weeks. But right now, I just want to, just to recognize that. You, you will receive power. The, the Greek word there for power is dunamis, which means di- is from which we get our English word dynamite from. There's this, this power that is at work through the Holy Spirit. And when you have received this power from the Holy Spirit, he says, you will be my witnesses. You will give testimony of who I am, the work that I'm doing in your lives. And then the rest of Acts really follows from verse 8, because Acts is ultimately the story of the mission of God being carried out by followers of Jesus who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so right here in verse 8, we really have an outline for the rest of the book of Acts. Because in chapters 2 to 7, the mission is in Jerusalem. They're going to be his witnesses in Jerusalem. And then in chapters 8 through 12, the mission extends out to Judea and Samaria. And then in chapters 13 to the end of the book, chapter 28, the mission ultimately is to the rest of the, God, uh, the, rest of the world. And what we see is this movement of God, how it started and how it moved out and how it expanded. And if you stop and just think about that for a moment, we are here today as a result of those who have gone before us, who took the message and the task seriously, who said, we will go. And this movement of God happened. This mission has reverberated down through the centuries. And here we are also tasked with the same responsibility to be his witnesses. Pastor Quinn talked a lot about that last week, about the necessity of sharing the gospel, about knowing the good news so that we can share it with others, experiencing it ourselves, being excited about what God is doing in our lives so that we can, we can share it with others. I'm just going to skip the rest of of some of that stuff, uh, Jack. So I'm just going to wrap it up with this. What I want you to hear today is simply this. Yes, we're introducing a new series. But what this series is ultimately about is an invitation for you and me, for all of us, to be part of the work that God is doing. The part of the work that God is doing here at TCC. Because when Luke says, you will receive power, the Holy Spirit will come on you, you will be my witnesses, he means you, right? And you, and you. And so I ask you again, do you believe that God has called you to be on mission? 
to be so excited about what God is doing in our lives that we can't help but share it with others. And you believe then that what God calls you to, that he equips and empowers you to do it. That's what this series is about. The church set in motion. The church sent on mission. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. The question is, is will you be a part of it? Will we live lives filled with the power and spiritual vitality that only the Holy Spirit can unleash in our lives? Lives that are joyful and impactful and sacrificial, passionate about making a difference in our world. That's the invitation. The bottom line is this. God wants to use us. He wants to use us. Will we be a part of what God is doing in the life of TCC? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you just for this simple reminder that what Jesus began, he continued to do in the book of Acts. And he continues to do in our world today. And he chooses to use ordinary people, regular people like those that have gathered here today. People who may have nothing extraordinary about them. I think of that reminder that we're going to come to in the book of Acts when they saw Peter and John, that they were just ordinary, unschooled people who had been with Jesus. Father, I pray that we would know that our work for you, our being on mission flows first and foremost from a vital relationship with you. So, Father, help us to be people who are just surrendered to Jesus, who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, who will sacrificially do whatever it takes. We thank you for the testimony of this church. Lord, I believe that as great as these years have been, been, that you have more in store for us. And I pray that through the leadership of our elder team, the leadership of our staff, and the involvement of each and every one of us who say TCC is home, this is my family. I'm committed here. I belong here. I want to serve here. And ultimately, I want to be on mission here. So God, build our lives. Open up our eyes so that we can see what you desire to do in our lives, in our church, in our community. And start, Lord, as we're going to sing, by showing us who you are. Fill us, Lord, with your Spirit, with the power that comes through your Spirit, and ultimately lead us in love to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.